0: that's a problem a social justice podcast on everyday issues today's mini episode that's a rant is extra special because i'm joined by my special guest girlfriend kelsey Landis. hey special guest girlfriend that's me kelsey's here today because this particular instance that sparked a need for a, a whole mini episode dedicated to it is something that we experienced simultaneously and I thought we had really good conversation about it and we were having fun making fun of it so obviously I had to have her on the pod to talk about it with y'all yeah
1: and to sort of recreate this moment for everyone to hear yes because honestly
0: y'all need this story it was magical well yeah it was transformative sure yeah I I feel like I'm a different person now yeah definitely (laughs) Or am I the same person just with one more reason to be angry? Who could say? Who could say? Okay, so, basically, what happened was Kelsey sometimes drives me to work, and I really appreciate her for this because every stinking time we drive to work, we pass this one particular block in our town that is always, like, either under construction or someone's trying to parallel park really poorly so their whole car is at like a 90 degree angle to the street and everyone has to go around them or
1: one time what was people were like someone was hanging a banner for some festival but it's like why are you doing this at like 8 a.m on a Wednesday we don't know right and we would like it to stop yeah like there are so many better times in the day
0: to hang a banner but On this particular day in question, we were driving to work and that block was yet again under construction and there was this construction sign, this orange diamond construction sign that said, men "Men working. And if that doesn't make your day, I don't know what will. It was a highlight
1: for me personally. We were like going
0: off about it right away, of course.
1: Yeah. Why is it men working? Why can't it be women working? Where are the
0: non-binary employees? What are they doing? How do they feel about this sign? Right. Where's the inclusion for workers who are not
1: men? Right. Doing construction or whatever. Right. Road work. Road work ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I I sure sure hope it it does. does.
0: That's a vine if you didn't know. Yeah. And so it just it made us really angry. And we started coming up with all of these other ways that you can convey the same message without using such gendered language that excludes women and non-binary folks.
1: People working.
0: Folks at work. Work zone. Yeah, that was
1: my favorite. My favorite is just we working. We working.
0: Yeah, we workin'. You could
1: do it. You didn't even have to do the ING. You could just do IN apostrophe. We in
0: Right. Saves you characters. It's succinct.
1: It's casual.
0: It's an alliteration. People love that.
1: Yeah. Folks can take pictures with it. Maybe like a girl band could write a song about it. Right. It'll be the new work from home. Exactly. I knew you knew where I was going.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: The sequel to work from home. We workin'
0: we work in i hope that catches on
1: yeah you heard it here first
0: right it's us but anyway all of that aside all of that rage aside we have a few takeaway points we want to leave you with today regarding the nature of that sign the biggest one being think critically about how you use language and how your use of language might be not as gender inclusive as it could be
1: yeah i think that's a big one because
0: okay this is a really important point we know that words matter yes and we know that the way that we use words has power that's why there are so many words that you know we have all these different um, transformations of our language that allow us to say things like latinx instead of latino or latina and things like that
1: yeah and there's a lot of care and thought giving to words used in the context of social movements whether you're talking about someone who's pro-choice or you know pro-life as the like sort of anti-abortion like label these words shape how you think about things and and your opinion of them so and really how you think about the world as a whole so it's not just a little thing it's a big thing
0: yeah it is and speaking of gender inclusivity in language, a big celebratory point in recent news is that they was recently added to the Merriam-Webster dictionary as a gender-neutral pronoun option for folks.
1: Yeah, and I think that was kind of a big moment because one of the big arguments against using they as a singular pronoun was... Well, it's not in the dictionary that way. I'm trying to speak proper English or correct English. And therefore, I am prohibited from using singular they. And now that argument has been officially eliminated. It is in the dictionary. So you're just an asshole.
0: Right. Exactly. And you
1: were an asshole before. But now there's one less
0: excuse you can make for yourself. The fig
1: leaf has been removed. The dictionary fig leaf has been removed. The dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: Fig leaf has been removed and you are just a dick. Yep. If you are not incorporating singular day into your lexicon, especially if you know a non-binary person. Right. Even if you don't, but especially if you do.
1: Yeah. And something that I've tried to make a habit of is not gendering people I don't know. So using they as sort of a default instead of an exception has been really helpful in making that come more easily for me and making it feel more natural as a part of my everyday vocabulary. If you don't know someone, they is a great multi-all-purpose pronoun to use.
0: Yeah, and there's literally no harm in using they instead of gendering your language. Absolutely not. And so talking about dictionaries and talking about they being added to the dictionary as official and making it quote-unquote official, even though it was official before. But the dictionary does have a certain degree of power about this. I actually really like the way that you, Kelsey, talk about the dictionary and kind of your perspective on it. That was new to me when I heard it from you, but I think makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, and this was something that first came to my attention, I'm sure, In a college English class where uh, some professor brought up that the function of a dictionary is really not to be prescriptive. A lot of people think of it as this dictionary is here to tell me how I'm supposed to use words, what I can and cannot say. If it's not in the dictionary, that was the argument about they. If it's not in the dictionary, I can't use it in that way. But that's not really the way that language works language sort of evolves based on utility and based on need so what a dictionary really does is it describes the way that people are already using language it's a descriptive tool a really easy example of that aside from they would be the word google did not exist as a verb in its current form until a few years ago but that became sort of necessary as people used it as an all-purpose verb for anytime you're using a search engine to look something up on the internet, no matter what search engine it is, you're Googling it. So, you know, if a dictionary was truly prescriptive only, then Google would not be allowed to be a word. But that's not the way language works, and that's not the way dictionaries work.
0: Yeah, and I think that that is so cool because it allows us to again think critically about how we can be more progressive with our language and know that we could be on the forefront of changing the way that society talks about and thinks about issues
1: right yeah and I think that is something you should not feel constrained or held back by language the English language is the only language I can really speak to but it is sort of flexible in terms of what however you want to use a word if other people understand you that's the only thing that matters so if I say they and you understand me saying they then it doesn't matter whether it's in the dictionary or not the number one priority is respecting someone's identity is way more important than upholding some sort of Non existent grammatical or or linguistic rule. So that's something to keep in mind because I think people do get anxious and it is like a class related thing about am I using language correctly?
0: Right, right. Because we use that and it's also erased too, right? right? Because like with African American vernacular English, you know, we draw lines around that and say that is not proper, that is not whatever. But even coming up with the term AAVE gives it more of a of a dignified stance right, right? that this is an actual dialect of English language right. but you know we still draw lines about that we we class it and we call it ghetto and we call it you know all of these different classist terms
1: right and if that is your sort of a regular dialect that you are forced to code switch if you're not in a setting where that isn't accepted if you're in the workplace you would be expected to code switch if you're in a group of primarily white people you'd be expected to code switch into the quote unquote standard english because there's like a value assigned to it
0: right right and you don't want to be further marginalized in that space because you use a different although equally valid version of spoken language right that still allows you to be understood right it makes me angry.
1: Yeah, now we're now we're really getting into that's a rant territory. We're getting yeah.
0: we're tapping deep <laughs> into all of my inner rages about yes. the English language, and how people use the English language to be classist and racist. Yep. And gender exclusionary. Yep. Which brings us back. So now I really want us to take time. Um, we have some suggestions and some action steps prepared for y'all that we want to share, as well as some recommendations. So, we're going to start with action steps.
1: Yeah. So, the overarching theme is to be mindful of your language and who you're including and excluding with your language. So, one action step is related to something that I come across a lot in my everyday life, which is work emails that begin with the salutation Hey, ladies which are like the bane of my existence, because that greeting is making a huge assumption that everyone in the group that you're addressing identifies as a lady, which, you know, you don't know that you can't make that assumption and why you don't need to. There are so many other greetings that don't require any gendering. So if you're writing an email to any group of people, think about whether you really want to start it with, the salutation, "Hey ladies," and that never happens if the group is all men, right? It's never like, "What up, my dudes?" <laughs> "Hello, hello, gentlemen," <laughs> right?
0: Right. But does it's just it? Become... Maybe. I guess
1: I wouldn't have gotten an email like that, but right.
0: But the point is, is that like, ladies has become this cutesy little like, "Hey ladies," like we're having a ladies' night. We're doing like we're hanging out with our gal pals, like. Uh, it's just it's become this like kind of very feminine but still acceptable greeting for a group of women
1: yeah and i think it's a way to sort of uh, signify that you're not taking yourself that seriously right we're just ladies we just want to have fun like yeah which like i don't want to prescribe what you're doing in your social life and in your free time like if you and all of your gal pals do want to send each other, hey, ladies, emails, like, do that all day long. I support it. Reclaim, ladies, we're all empowered. But I would question whether it's ever appropriate to use in a professional environment. And I would make a strong case that it's, it's
0: not that appropriate to use in a workplace environment because of the reasons you just described, right? That you are making a huge assumption and you are forcing anyone who exists outside of that identity to either have to do the work to correct you and then deal with your emotions about being corrected or force them to just accept being called and then being included in a group of people addressed as ladies. And yeah, I think not only should we be mindful about how we're using our language, but actively, seek opportunities to correct our language in favor of more progressive and inclusive inclusive. terms. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good one, Kels. Thank you. You're so smart. Thanks. Ditto. Wow. And did you want to
1: share our next suggestion and action step? You had a lot of good ones. I had, I'm, I was full of great ideas. So my other action step is Again, to be mindful of language in a more general way when you're talking about professions and using a a gender-inclusive word for professions instead of gender-exclusive words. So saying firefighter instead of fireman or mail carrier instead of postman or server instead of waiter or waitress. And just, you know, a lot of the gendered words like waitress and waiter... Um, And even actress to a certain degree are like, you know, falling out of use. Um, But to just be mindful of that and there's no reason to ever need to gender a profession. It's just a person doing their job and their gender doesn't really have anything to do with it. Right. And because let me ask you,
0: what if I come across a profession that I don't know how to present as gender neutral? What should I do? Google it. That's a great idea. The internet is a wealth, folks. There are so many resources of people talking about being gender inclusive and how to do that. Yeah. I'm sure that you're not the first person to think about, "Mm, I wonder if there's a gender neutral way to say this. I guarantee you somebody has already done it and put it all over the internet for you.
1: Yeah. And if not, then that's your chance to be an innovator. Ooh. We just talked about how language is flexible. So, you know, brainstorm with your friends. How do we want to say this in a gender inclusive way?
0: Right. And not only that, we used Google as a verb, which, as you pointed out, is an innovation in language itself. Yeah. Yeah. And so kind of my transition point here is to look for opportunities to celebrate non-binary voices um, in your communities, on social media, wherever, um, because they have important voices and they're often not in the center of media attention, but they have really important things to say and can help us stay accountable to our goal of being more gender inclusive with our language. So one place to start that's really accessible is following Jonathan Van Ness on social media. He recently came out as non-binary and that was uh, kind of a A big deal that he was stepping into that space and also pointing out that just because he is non-binary doesn't mean that he uses they them pronouns which is also an important point anyone can use they them pronouns and it doesn't have to necessarily doesn't say anything definitive about their gender identity or the way that they label themselves and individuals are the ones that get to make those choices for themselves which is cool Jonathan Van Ness also has a a book that recently came out. Um, I haven't read it, but again, a great opportunity to read his words and hear his voice. Also, he runs a podcast called Getting Curious with Jonathan Van Ness. And it's all about him bringing on experts in a field to answer questions about things that he's curious about. I find it charming and delightful. Yeah, so I think that, you know, there are so many other folks that we could celebrate in this time i'm starting with jonathan van ness like i said because he is really popular right now and that makes him very accessible to folks if you're you know not in the habit of of engaging in these kinds of gender inclusive conversations
1: yeah everyone loves queer eye everyone loves jonathan if you don't that's a separate conversation that's it's a separate rant it's episode yeah We don't have to talk about that. Um, I also have a recommendation for uh, someone I think would be great to follow on these issues, especially if you are a science fiction fan or a reader of any kind, or I guess if you like sci-fi movies, anything in that genre. So my recommendation would be the author Annalie Newitz, who is a sci-fi author who's non-binary, and they have a new sci-fi book that just came out called the future of another timeline, which is about feminist time travelers. If that sounds like something that would be up your alley, I guarantee it is. It's a great book. They also have another sci-fi book about gender and robots. That's also a delight. And a podcast called All Our Opinions Are Correct um, about sci-fi in general as a tool for getting into uh, conversations about the state of the world as it is so um that's really interesting interesting if you um like science fiction um annalee newitz is a great follow on twitter so that would be my rec they also were a founder of the website io9 which is uh one of the sort of cutting edge websites about science fiction back in the day that was sort of my gateway to science fiction in a broader sense and thinking critically about the issues that are presented in a lot of science fiction as metaphors for issues in the current state in the current world that we do live in so that's another endorsement as well
0: that's an awesome recommendation and endorsement from you thank you yeah well i think that's a wrap on this rant Woohoo! we'll catch you next time Bye. Bye! There was a huge orange diamond construction sign that said men at work. No, I really want to it. Oh. A
1: sign that said men, men at
0: work.
1: No, it says men <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? I'm just thinking about the song Down Under. <laughs> Okay, okay, I'm ready.